Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where we introduce you to interesting people and their inspiring stories. From Grace professors, current students, and distinguished alumni, to special guests and speakers on our campus, you can meet new people and hear how they are impacting the world around them. This podcast is recorded and produced at Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Matthew Sleeth, MD, a former emergency room physician and chief of hospital medical staff, uh, who resigned from his position many years ago to begin teaching, preaching, and writing about faith and health. Dr. Sleeth has spoken at more than 1,000 churches, campuses, and events, including being the monthly guest preacher at the Washington National Cathedral. He's recognized by Newsweek as one of the nation's most influential Christian leaders. Dr. Sleeth is executive director of Blessed Earth and author of numerous articles and books, including Reforesting Faith 24-7 and his most recent book that we're going to talk about today, Hope Always. Dr. Sleeth, thank you for being here. Great to be with you. Uh, we uh, we appreciated having you in chapel earlier today and also speaking to um, some of our uh, faculty and staff and local pastors. Uh, first, what what made you decide to write a book about suicide, about how to be a force for life in a culture of suicide? Well, I just observing culture, seeing that this has become more and more and more prevalent over the last 20 or 30 years. And one of the things I do in the book is kind of dig into those statistics. And we really are in a time of despair in the United States, if you judge by the number of people wanting to end their own life, uh, that we've never seen before. And I wanted to bring a biblical perspective and a medical perspective together. So let's talk a little bit about those two veins, a medical perspective and then a, a biblical perspective. Uh, you, you shared some statistics and data. Talk about from a, a, a medical perspective, uh, what do you bring to the table from, from that side? Well, uh, many don't realize, but the emergency department is kind of the, the, the trenches mm-hmm. of uh, the, the battle with uh, suicide. And so it's something that you deal with on a daily basis if you practice emergency medicine. I also um, have uh, quite a number of classes in statistics, and that helps me in the area of uh, kind of teasing out just how bad is it. You know, there's uh, you know something like. 93.4% of all statistics are made up on the spot or whatever. <laughs> and so I kind of dig in that to can we can we get to the bottom bottom line of how bad is this problem and in fact it's it's um I hate to be dramatic but it's horrifying uh, how bad it is. You talked about that a little bit today and how um suicide rates today are comparable to those in the 1930s except there were a lot of differences. And the differences are that most people who attempt suicide can be saved today. If we only could use 1930s technology, meaning we couldn't reverse uh, uh, narcotic overdoses, we couldn't reverse benzodiazepine overdoses, we couldn't ventilate people when they lost their respiratory drives, we didn't have trauma centers that can do surgery within minutes of arriving, if we if we subtracted all those things, uh, we would have a suicide rate, you know, hundreds of times more 
than than what it is right now. That's um, and I, so that that's kind of the medical side of things. But um, you know, I've appreciated today how you've talked about you know we need to go to scripture. That is our that's our foundation. Um, so you bring a, a biblical perspective and um, uh, talk to us a little bit about you know when it comes to this subject matter of suicide. What does the Bible have to say? Well, as far as I am aware. The Bible is the only uh, sacred text that tells us where suicide comes from. And we open the, the Bible, and there are Adam and Eve in the setting of paradise, and they can do whatever, essentially. The one thing they cannot do is eat from uh, this particular tree of knowledge of uh, good and evil. Uh, could be translated right and wrong, even. And uh, God was the one doing the teaching, and... Uh, so we have to assume that there could be no better teaching. They, they knew what the, the risk was, and they were told that in the day that they did this, they would surely die. There's no question that it would kill them. And, uh, and yet they went ahead and they did it. And the thing that's interesting about that is that humans are the only creatures on this earth that commit suicide. Uh, there's never... Never once been a, uh, I like to say, a zebra that woke up and said, to heck with it, I'm not going to run from the lion today. Suicide is a uniquely human activity because we, unlike the other animals on this planet, uh, have not only a mind and a body, but we have a soul as well. And you talked about that today with the, the students, that that soul aspect of who we are and how that um, provides hope and hope is our theme in chapel this year, um, that provides hope that the world is not offering as a solution. I, I think that the church has to get, you know, weighed into this because we do have the, the hope. Uh, we talk about not only, our, our, not we, the, the church, but Christ talks about uh, coming that we'd have uh, life, not only now, but eternal life. Uh, we're built to live on a scale of eternity, and to to not even make it through this life just seems the ultimate rejection of God in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, many of us have had um, family members who struggled uh, with depression, maybe even suicidal thoughts. Uh, what is some, you know, practical wisdom from Scripture um, for for those of us who may be, you know, ourselves struggling or who are wanting or needing to help someone else? I think the first thing, <clears throat> excuse me, to get from Scripture is you're not alone, that we have uh, characters throughout Scripture who have been so discouraged that they wanted to end their life. Moses, as an example, Elijah, Jonah, um, David, and if you look at those, they're for different reasons. Um, Moses is just plain overworked. <laughs> I think Moses has the hardest job in the Bible, really. <clears throat> and uh, it, maybe you'll find it's comparable to a college uh, president yeah, or something. Well, I mean, yeah. Excuse me. And uh, and so uh, he's overworked. Uh, Elijah's just you know been in fear of his life, and he's tired and. Um, and Jonah is just being more or less selfish mm-hmm. and, and self-centered. And that's the same for suicide. There are many, many reasons leading uh, to why people 
uh, might want to end their life. Uh, but, but we find in Scripture when God is brought into the equations, good things can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of those things is that uh, being with others or knowing that we're not alone is uh, a good thing to communicate to someone. If, if you're struggling, just know you're not the only one struggling. What are other um, principles from Scripture that we can bring to bear to provide hope to others? Well, I think as well as knowing that you're not alone, by the way, if, if you think that you're alone in feeling, uh, you know, down, read Psalm 88. Mm-hmm. That's where I believe Simon and Garfunkel got the hello darkness, my old friend, literally uh, the line from that. Um, and so there's there's others, but there are there are uh, principles in Scripture that uh, you would never find if you go to a secular therapist, for instance, Sabbath. I'm a huge believer in Sabbath. Sabbath is the way the Western world has done business, uh, meaning one day a week where we didn't work. Mm. And, and we've done it that way for 2,000 years. And only in the last 50 years have we seen that drop. If you look at the drop off of the practice of one day a week set aside to things, eternal, God, rest, worship, that sort of thing. And the suicide, you, you, you see a relationship. Wow. One ticks up just as the other goes down. And yet I, I do not believe that <clears throat> people are going to go to a therapist, say what's wrong, or even say, hey, I'm having trouble in my marriage. And the therapist is going to say, tell me about your Sabbath. Um, another thing that would be uh, from Scripture Jesus talks about if our eye is dark and then our soul gets dark, man, we're really in a, in, in a bad place. And what he's saying is it matters to your soul what you're looking on. And so I don't think that we can consume just hundreds of hours of, of entertainment media that everything is, is, is dark and ended with a belt-fed weapon and think that we're going to come out feeling somehow at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, uh the Bible says in Philippians 4, 8, that, that we're supposed to put into our minds those things that are honorable and true and just. And, and in other words, everything that's not offered on Netflix or Amazon Prime yeah, uh, yeah. for the most part. And so I think there's many, many ways that the Bible can, can uh, lead us um, to where we are more resilient, um, to where we have a more eternal view, and to where we feel peace in our life. As somebody who's practiced Sabbath for 20 years. We, we, I began right as I became a Christian hmm. 20 years ago. I can tell you that it's, um, it's addition to my spiritual health is I'd rather lose both of my legs. Wow. Um, and and my, my children have had that experience of growing up. Uh, they became Christians along with me and my wife as teen, they were teenagers and they practiced it through college. Now imagine uh, n- not ever doing homework on Sunday, and yet they did, and they both were valedictorians of their college. Uh. And and my son, same thing in medical school. He graduated first in his class, and he was the youngest med school graduate there. They're smart. They got a Jewish mom. You know, they, plenty of kids have that. What they had was something that God prescribed for them. And I think so often we just don't trust God. Um, God wants us to be looking on those things that are wholesome. He wants us to be spending time with him. He wants us to look at his creation. All of everything Solomon ever built was outdone by a flower. 
<laughs> so you wrote the book Hope Always, uh, and uh, it includes you know a, a practical toolkit. Who did you have in mind as your target audience when you wrote this book? Who is this beneficial to you, your students, the pastors I got to talk to here today, the church? Uh, because I think the church has um, not engaged fully in this, and when they have, we're often listening to um, secular uh, voices. And in society today, something you and I were talking about riding over here mm -hmm. in your um, in your car, uh, we often go to people for advice who are failures. And when I wrote my first book. Uh, almost 20 years ago, the, the two best books on relationships, marriages, that sort of thing, I won't mention any names, but one was about which planet men were from and which planet women were from, and the other book was Making Your, Your Marriage Work or something like that as the title. There was a, that, was, that was number one and number two. There was a relationship between those two authors. That was his fifth wife, and that was her third husband. And so I think the church needs to go to those people in particular who, who have struggled with depression and who have made it through. And we have those people historically. We have those the ones in Scripture. We have people like uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, Henry Nouwen, Mother Teresa, people who wrote about their struggles with depression, and yet they, they made it through. They finished the course that was set out for them. And so rather than dwelling on failures— I think we need to go to the successes in, in Christianity and get our answers there. Well, we are thankful for you being here uh, today at Grace, and uh, I so appreciated even your message of the spiritual battle that exists, and the answer for us is found in scriptures. What a great reminder for um, us as a campus. And so we appreciate you being here today. If people want to find your book or find you, what is the best way for them to do that? The book is on Amazon, CBD, anywhere you buy books. Uh, find me is uh, blessedearth.org, and they can just contact me uh, through that website. Great. Thank you. And thank you all for listening today to the Grace Story podcast. We're thankful for the marketing department and their work in helping us put this together. And we hope that wherever you are today, you have a great, great story today. God bless.